Holden, I almost forgot to watch Hawkeye this week. (laughs) (laughs) I I watched episode three on Friday. Okay. And I got to about two o'clock today and it's 4.30. I was like, oh, I need to watch (laughs) episode four of Hawkeye. But here we are, Holden. I did watch it, so we will review that today. Is that Uh, why you said like 4.15 instead of just 4? Well, I also wanted to go on a walk, and usually oh, I'm not okay. really ready by 4.15. Sometimes I have to cut my walk short, so I felt like, why why not give myself some margin, huh? Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Holden, we have so many movies, games, and TV shows to talk about today. We, we are stacked today. This is a stacked episode. We uh, Not only do we have what we promised last week, but we ended up also seeing uh, Belfast this week. So, we're going to add that in. Sneak it right in there. Just, just sneak it right in there. What else do we have, Holden? Well, in addition to that, we've got our reviews of uh, both Hawkeye episode three and four, and also West Side Story. All right, let's do it. That one movie podcast. Stomp. <laughs> First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. So excited to review Thomas the Train. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I'm going to give Thomas the train a Bombadil because I'm pretty sure he's been up to no good and that he's going to get canceled. Yeah, Thomas the tank engine, Bombadil, not a fan. Yeah. Uh, And Blue, come on, switch it up a little bit, huh? Uh, I like blue a lot, actually. So it's, maybe I'll bring him up to a Bergeron because he's blue. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite color, but I mean, I don't know. When was Be the last time original. you saw? <laughs> when was the last time you saw a bright blue train? Uh, I don't know, but there's also like green trains in that. I don't know. <laughs> I feel a red like there's one. there's probably a yellow one too. I guess I see yellow trains, but incredible commentary incredible uh yeah so our first trailer today uh is for sonic the hedgehog 2 uh this trailer- um, hold it hold on i need to correct you because the trailer itself says sonic to the hedgehog oh yeah my bad <laughs> um yeah this trailer came out during the game awards which we'll get into a little bit more later uh this episode um but sequel to the hit question mark film sonic the hedgehog i mean it came out at the start of the pandemic so i think it did pretty well for the time it came out i guess but Um, it was it won the it was an awful award yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we saw it we both thought it was fine uh jim carrey was the best part uh being jim carrey um what'd you think of the the trailer for the sequel jimmy it looks also just fine and not awful, so can't <laughs> wait for it to be fine. A tolerable yeah. experience. Get some more Jim Carrey action. And the best, p- the best part of the movie, I, although I do love Jim Carrey, is uh, 
James Marsden talking about uh, finding the place on Zillow. Yeah, yeah, that was and Olive Garden. Yes. <laughs> when you're here, you're family. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, the trailer, um, it looks like more of the same, really. I mean, this time they brought in Tails. That was at, like post credit scene of the first Sonic movie. Tails the, the Fox and Knuckles the Echidna voiced by Idris Elba. Yep. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, so we're getting some more of the more of the classic Sonic characters in here. Got Eggman with his silly mustache. Looks funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Sonic seems to view himself like a superhero, which I don't know anything about the games, but I don't know if that's an interesting take or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that's really a thing in the games, but... There you go. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a Bergeron. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron too. I mean, we'll see it, and it'll probably be fine. <laughs> um i did okay i noted down i don't know if you watched this if you didn't it's fine did you watch the halo trailer i did actually okay i don't i don't have any sort of i don't have anything to say about it because i don't know anything about halo yeah master chief cortana (laughs) yeah choirs i don't know a ton either i i've played a lot I can't remember if I finished the first game. I played most of it at least. Um, and I've played, you know, here and there, some of the other ones occasionally, but I don't know a ton about the story. Um, I mean, the trailer visually looks very good. There's a lot of money behind it, obviously. Uh, it's going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive. I don't know. We'll see. And I'm, I'm not super into the Halo franchise, but if the show's good, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, they're final. Have they done a live action thing before? Well, they've done like weird web series, st- like official web series stuff, but I don't think anything that's actually been released on like TV or film. There's yes. this has been in the works for a long time. There, I remember st- what I, I was what just gonna say, saying? there's always been talk of making the Halo movie. Yeah, I mean, I for as long point- as I can remember. I remember at one point Steven Spielberg was attached. I don't know if he was a director, but he was certainly like heavy in producing it. He was going to play Master Chief. Yeah, he was going to play Master Chief. <laughs> ah, aliens! <laughs> I don't know if Master Chief talks. Probably not. I don't know. Uh, he does a little Halo. bit. Yeah. Hey, I'm Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give. I'll give. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I'll give it a Broca. I mean, looks good just not my not anything i know about i'll give it a bergeron because i probably will not watch it fair enough uh speaking of steven spielberg i mean we're going to be speaking a lot about him this episode but uh, his next movie the fablemans is releasing thanksgiving weekend next year this is his semi-autobiography yeah cool i mean i can't remember who's starring in it I should have looked that up, but we're also going to talk about semi autobiographies today. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, referring to Belfast by Kenneth Branagh. If you have I no you, idea, I thought you meant Hawkeye. Yes, Hawkeye. <laughs> Semo semi autobiography of Jeremy Renner, Renner's illustrious career. Um, Belfast. Yes, semi autobiographical film by Kenneth Branagh. If you have no idea what that movie is. Um, yeah, one of the front runners for best picture right now. So we'll see if it gets yeah. more buzz later on. That's why we're we'll reviewing get, it. Yeah, we'll get into it later. 
Uh, Steven Spielberg's movie coming out next Thanksgiving. Great. Broca. Awesome. Yeah. Broca. Uh, big news for Oppenheimer. Lots of new casting for this film. Uh, so first off, we have Florence Pugh has been cast in it, who is going to be playing uh, Jean Tatlock, who apparently, uh, the, the article I read, described her as a communist who had an affair with Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, Rami Malek is playing, uh, it didn't say what his name was, but playing some sort of scientist. And Benny Safdie, of the Safdie brothers, is going to be playing uh, Edward Teller, who's considered the father of the hydrogen bomb. Um... And, and then uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s casting, uh, it was announced who he is going to be playing. He's going to be playing Louis Strauss, the former chairman of the Atomic Energy Commission, who is thought, based on his real-life role, is thought to be maybe the main antagonist of the film. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So what do you think of all that news? Good. Brokaw. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Sound, good sounds castings. like a blast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should say that every time we talk about this movie. It'll never get old. I feel like we've said it every time. <laughs> we'll just keep saying it. I think we need to call it Christopher Nolan's big boom movie time. Yeah, big boom movie time. Awesome. Uh, then you questioned about this a couple weeks ago, but got some news about Cleopatra. Uh, so it turns out that it is no longer going to be directed by Patty Jenkins because she chose to focus on Wonder Woman 3 and Rogue Squadron. I'm sure that was the wise career move. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> oof. Uh, well, I mean, Wonder Woman 3. She's got that. We'll see yeah. if that's good. I don't know. And in, in Rogue Squadron. I'm probably I'm more excited for Rogue Squadron than I am Wonder Woman 3. And I don't even know anything about Rogue Squadron. <laughs> Isn't Rogue Squadron not a thing anymore? No, it is. It was just pushed back. I, like I said, uh, it was. She's choosing to focus on Wonder Woman three and Rogue Squadron, so it's still happening. It's just delayed indefinitely. Okay. I yeah. thought that that movie was not going to be made anymore for whatever reason. No, it's just it was pushed off the release schedule, but. I'm guessing that's because she's going to make Wonder Woman 3 first. I will believe that movie is being made when it comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, and then Cleopatra uh, replacing her as director is Carrie Scogland, who is hot off of directing the entirety of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I don't think she's directed a feature-length film before, but she's directed a lot of episodes of Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Punisher... And other TV shows. So she's done good things in addition to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't even I mean, she's certainly not blameless, but I don't think direction is the worst part of that show. No, I I agree. Um, I just hope the new one's not three hours and fifty three minutes like the original one is. Is that how long the original is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, I I doubt it. I don't think that would fly today, unless you're like Avengers Endgame. But that was only three hours still. So yeah, Avengers Endgame was three hours and two minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's about as long as you can get away with nowadays. Um, Cleopatra, I'll give it a Bergeron. I'll go Bergeron as well. 
Yeah. Uh, very exciting for me. So this week, Kevin Feige said in an interview that when they decide to move forward with more Daredevil content in the MCU, it is going to be Charlie Cox from the Netflix series reprising his role. Uh, he's, although he did say where we see Daredevil, how we see that, when we see that, it remains to be seen, which leads me to believe he's not in any, he's not going to be in No Way Home like many have thought, but exciting news he's very good in the netflix show i'll give it a brokaw because everybody really likes him yeah brokaw for me obviously um so tom holland this week it was announced that he is going to be starring in a fred astaire biopic um as far as i know there's not any kind of writer director at least officially announced for this obviously fred astaire famous movie star and musician singer dancer extraordinaire um but Tom Holland, I I always forget this, but he like got his start on stage in Billy at starring in Billy Elliot the musical, so he has like dancing and singing experience. I think we're due for a Tom Holland musical. Yeah, yeah, I think it's not, I think it'd be really cool. I mean, I I don't think I don't think he's really ever done it in a movie before. So unless you somehow watched him in Billy Elliot like ten years ago or have watched a bootleg recording this will be exciting yeah i'll, I'll give it a broca sure why not yeah broca uh now that's it for movie news i have unless you have anything else i'm forgetting movie news i cannot think of anything all right well then we'll get on to the game awards um and specifically i don't actually care about the awards themselves i don't even remember what won anything it takes <laughs> to one best game of the year okay a game I'll probably never play. Well, Holden, you need friends play. to play that one. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but the the big publicized thing about like Game Awards is more about the trailers. Like I don't I don't know. That's just the thing that anyone cares about. It's trying well, to do okay. like Okay. Okay. I think people care more about the Game Awards when people actually care about the games. But this year was really weak. For I games. don't even. I don't know what was all nominated for best game. Uh, I think you can't. The the three kind of it was going down to were Death Loop, uh, Returnal, and It Takes Two, which okay. I mean I've heard good things about all those games, but it's not like you know like Red Dead Redemption and uh, God of War and whatever and Spider like that one year and you know it it just yeah. seemed like a weaker lineup this year sure sure yeah um but so this year it was i mean like last year too very heavily reliant on trailers and announcements coming so we'll, we'll talk about a few of those that were uh were talked about there uh, the first one probably the one i was i enjoyed the most was the gameplay trailer for suicide squad kills the justice league yeah finally I didn't even get that at DC Fandom, which I complained about on the podcast. Um, but yeah, we got we got a little bit of gameplay, got a little sense of how these characters will will play and act and everything. What'd you think of it? I mean, it's very. It looks fun. I mean, it just looks like a good time. It mm-hmm. it looks it looks really fun. The world looks like it's incredibly vibrant and full of life and action. I think yeah. it, I think uh, Rocksteady. I mean, they've spent, <laughs> they've been working on it for six years now. So, <laughs> um, I you can kind of you can tell. I mean, they've put six years of work into it, and it looks like a game that 
a really good studio has put six years of effort into. So I'm excited yeah. for it. I think it, I think this game has the potential to be very extensive in what you can do and, and where you can go and everything, which I think is evident by that six-year development time. But yeah, seems fun. Humor still seems pretty on point. Uh, I like I like how the each of the characters have like melee and like ranged ways of attacking, but it's just like different between them. So that's good. It's not like if you play as King Shark, you don't have a way to shoot someone or anything. Um, but yeah, seems cool. Very excited. It for won't it. be any Square Enix's Marvel's The Avengers. No. <laughs> Thank goodness, it looks it looks a lot better than that. I like the. Give it a, I'll give it a Broca. Yeah, I'll give it a Broca too. I liked the flash line about why didn't you just mail the bullet to me? <laughs> I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, okay, then we can talk about Star Wars Eclipse. Um, new Star Wars game releasing. Uh, this is, as you said when you texted me, just a complete surprise. Uh, not really anything had been leaked by about this, especially not the title or anything. And this trailer is is so bizarre and everything. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jimmy? Well, I agree with you, Holden, that it looks very different and unique. And it's the High Republic era or around that time. It's an era of Star Wars I want to play a game in. Mm-hmm. The look is everything I want to see. It looks different. It looks more mature. It looks like darker just grander in scope not so disney-fied yeah and then it's by quantic dream so we'll see (laughs) yeah quantic dream for those of you who don't know is the developers behind like heavy rain uh beyond two souls i think that game's called and detroit become human um just these they're games that are well received well regarded for like their stories and everything but it's kind of like a like a telltale game i think with a little bit more like polish put into it but it's similar in the fact that you don't have direct control over what's happening it's mostly just like dialogue trees and quick time events and that kind of thing that's simplifying it a little bit but that's kind of the gist of what the game is it's like interacting with a movie yeah, I have not played Detroit Become Human. I mean, the only one I have played somewhat is Heavy Rain. I played like the first hour and I just was like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I need to give Detroit Become Human a, a try because I, I have it. Somehow mm-hmm. I have it. I, I have the ability to play it. I think it's included it in the PlayStation Plus collection thing. Something like that. Or it was yeah. a PS Plus game. I have the rights to it. <laughs> I can play it. Um, so I'll play it sometime. And then I'll maybe I'll be like, yeah, I'm more excited about it. Or I'll be like, no, I'm less excited about it. <laughs> well, and we don't. It's not confirmed that it's going to be like that. So for all we know, it could be Quantic Dream stepping out of their comfort zone a little bit. But my guess it's it's going to be similar to that. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it just, it was so different from anything Disney has given us that it got me excited in that regard. But we'll see. I'm going to give it a... Broca, a tentative yeah. Broca, yeah, a a tan TV for Broca. I don't know. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a um, I'll give it a Bergeron. I think 
Alrighty. That'll work for me. Um then the other the only other things I wanted to talk about briefly, game awards. Uh there's that new Dune game coming. Uh, Dune Spice Wars. It's not anything I'll probably ever play, but it it seems like a natural fit for the Dune like franchise. It's it's a RTS game similar to like Civilization and stuff. It I mean it wasn't I think it was more of a cinematic trailer and anything didn't really show any gameplay, but the concept of an RTS game set in the Dune universe seems like a natural fit. Yeah, Fighting it does. over spice and and everything. Fight fighting over the spice um yeah probably won't play it but great for yeah, the people same. who like that sort of thing yeah so i'll, I'll give that a broca for the people who like it i'll give it uh, a and then the, uh, all right and then the uh, the only other thing i wanted to mention is that alan wake 2 was officially confirmed with a uh, cinematic reveal trailer seems to be going even more in an into in a horror route with the sequel pretty big fan of the first one so uh that's that's exciting i have not played it so i did not watch this trailer because i did not want to get it spoiled yeah that's fair uh but i'll give that a broca sounds good i'll uh, give it a bergeron sure uh what was there anything else from game awards that you want to talk about um let's see there was and that hellblade i didn't watch uh, oh, I didn't watch that either. Didn't watch didn't the Forspoken thing. Uh, there, I don't there, know. There was, I think there was a new Plague Tale sequel game oh, yeah. trailer, but I didn't watch that. It looks like just more Plague. <laughs> she's got like a uh, uh, um, crossbow. Oh, okay. So that might be a little bit more interesting gameplay this time around, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, cool. I think that's it from the world of, of gaming news. All right. That concludes our famous segment, Togb. Yes. Our sometimes reoccurring segment, Togb. <laughs> All right, Holden, what should we should we dive into first? Little let's do Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Let's 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 shoot the arrow at the target. That is the Hawkeye show. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, obviously, last week we did not do episode three because Jimmy forgot to watch it. Um, but we've been uh, kind of watching these these Hawkeye episodes, or I've been watching them on a weekly basis, um, obviously on Disney+. Plus. Um, first two episodes we were kind of lukewarm on. Uh, I think we were both kind of around 6 out of 10, 6.5 out of 10 range for those. Um, I think episode three is is actually better i think i said that last week i think episode three is better and then episode four is is kind of back to just okay that's what i would say too i would say <laughs> episode three is like a 7.2 mm-hmm. i love my point twos lately and then episode four is back to a six the the problem for me and this is spoilers by the way yeah it's full spoilers um problem for me is like the relationship between kate and clint just does not work at all for me i just don't it does not feel natural at all i'm like in the in real life these two people would not be interacting with each other yeah well i think there's i think there's like certain good scenes where they work together and i i kind of mentioned this in when we were talking about episode two like sometimes they're good and sometimes 
it just doesn't work but overall i agree like it just doesn't make sense that they're doing this together like in real life hawkeye would just like do his own thing <laughs> all right real life I, but like in uh like you hawkeye would just do his own thing he wouldn't be like putting up with kate because he's obviously annoyed with kate kate and knows that kate's in a lot of danger she's out of her out of her league with this um but yeah yeah i this show i mean i, I think the action has gotten better yeah um, especially that three thir- yeah third episode there was some good action in there i liked all the the use of sound and lack of sound and I thought that was a cool idea. Um, yeah, that was I some just, of my favorite interactions between the two was when he just couldn't hear her, and it led to some actually kind of funny moments. And yeah, a good car chase scene and all that, and children of men little scene there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hawkeye and children of men definitely deserve to be in the same category. <laughs> um, the different arrows and whatnot. I just. There are only two episodes left. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird. Like, I there is, I guess, like a, a story, but I don't. It doesn't. I don't get the drive for the story. Really, I mean, I guess the whole they're on a timeline for a Hawkeye to get home. That's like the only urgency, I guess. And he's like, I gotta get rid of the Ronin stuff. Now yeah. they think she's the Ronin that's a problem it's it's weird okay so end of episode four introduce florence Pugh is there which i on okay that fight it wasn't until that she used like the black widow stinger thing i was like oh okay i actually didn't know that's who it was even though i knew she was in the show um but you introduce her and kingpin who is definitely in the show (laughs) (laughs) i wonder who maya is working for (laughs) um but these two elements that even if it isn't kingpin you still have this higher up that hasn't been introduced yet and only two episodes left and probably kate's mom is a villain too (laughs) i like or at least into some sketchy stuff well i guess maybe unless maya's boss is the as uh, I what's his name Tony Dalton's character yeah uh, Jack Jack I was gonna say Jake and I'm like that's not right <laughs> um, yeah which it's, again it's, Tony Dalton has not been in this nearly enough I know I agree I mean I still haven't seen Better Call Saul but I'm I'm very much enjoying him in this uh just completely wasted <laughs> like it just like um not to the extent of Christoph Waltz and inspector but just utterly wasted talent or christoph waltz in french dispatch <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah no i just like i just don't i don't feel like i just don't care like i just do not care i don't get it i don't understand like i don't really like hawkeye i don't like kate bishop really i just don't care i only i want to see more of the dog and totally yeah, the Dalton. dog's good. And if and okay, Vera Firminga's character, Kate's mom. Like, if how would you not know that this your fiance is just <laughs> a crime boss? If you are literally like the CEO of like the, the most advanced security like agency in the world, I just it does not make any sense. It's it, so it's hard. There, 
either the setup for her being some sort of villain is incredibly obvious or it's going to turn out that she's not actually a villain and then it's just going to make her seem incredibly stupid. Well, I think <laughs> she's not supposed to be a villain. Yeah. Either either way, it's just I don't care. Like I yeah. just don't care. I'm sorry. I I don't like the Maya character is interesting. Yeah. But again, but she isn't what, in it that much. No, and what are we building? We're not building to I don't know. And now the now Florence Pugh's in it. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> pew 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 it's it seems like okay so obviously we're getting that echo series i think if it is kingpin it, it's not like they're gonna beat kingpin in two episodes no he's gonna it it's gonna be like introduce reintroducing him into the mcu yeah um so it's just like set up i guess for future things but that doesn't make for a a satisfying season of television no i just don't I just don't care. What I I don't like. I just finding out that I do not like Hawkeye. I just don't think he's very interesting. He's trying to be all edgy, and I'm like, you're Hawkeye. <laughs> you're not edgy. So I I got so much trauma. I like like as you mentioned. I liked the third episode when he like he lost his hearing. I was like, okay, that's cool. And if that had continued, and I'm sure it'll come back. It's like a Chekhov's gun, but. It's gonna come back, but even still, I wish it was just it kind of continued that because it made for a more interesting dynamic. And as soon as he got his hearing aids back, it was just back to annoying banter between the two. I can't wait until one of them has to flick a quarter at something to turn something on or off. <laughs> <laughs> just the most obvious setup for anything ever, even. Even though, like, Kate is a talented archer and, like, good at aim and everything. You're not going to be able to do that after three tries. (laughs) You got way too good at that. (laughs) Like, they needed a time lapse, like, with her trying it, like, with, like, a window in the background. And it'd be, like, she'd start in the morning. It would be, like, nighttime by the time she did it correctly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just, no. Sorry. Yeah. Just kind of dis. I mean, I don't. I don't even think I'm necessarily disappointed about this series because I didn't really have any hype for it. Well, it just seems like it doesn't even make. It just doesn't make sense. That's my problem. Like they, it seems like they tried to do something bigger with it, and it seems overly complicated. I don't understand why they're doing things half the time, and I don't yeah. understand the relationships. It just seems very poorly and messily written. And I don't think the chemistry between the two characters is good. And they're the main two characters of the show. And Vera Farminga's character just seems completely incompetent. (laughs) (laughs) And they have completely underused Tony Dalton. And now they're just introducing even more people into that. And I, yeah. And then they have like LARPing. And the LARPing's the the cringiest part of this. It's just. (laughs) It's not even like LARPing is cringy, but it's just like it's so unnecessary in this series. (laughs) It's so, and there's just, I don't know. It's dumb. Like, if you wanted all of these elements, like flesh it out more and make the series a little, like a few episodes longer. If you had just, like, I don't know. It seems like, like they're cramming in too much and they're more focused on having these characters exist in the series. And so you don't 
there's like no plot, like no driving conflict. This is like if ABC Family, now Freeform, was to make a Disney Plus show, <laughs> this is it. I mean, it just this is what it is with some better action sequences. You know what Freeform, I'm saying? Freeform did make a Marvel series, actually. And I bet it was it similarly was in quality to this. <laughs> it This is better than that. But yeah, I, I agree. Do you not see like it just has those elements of what is happening? This is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like overly family friendly a lot of the time too. I the Christmas angle to it doesn't really add much aside from making it stand out from the other shows. Like I I like that it's there. I just wish more was done with it. I don't know. Christmas in New York is is a fun setting, but seems a little wasted. I'm struggling to figure out whether I dislike this or Falcon and the Winter Soldier more. I still dislike that more. I just I like think. I think the there are parts of this that I enjoy more than that, but overall I think this is just more nonsensical and stupid than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll see. We'll see if the finale of this is as bad as the finale to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Because that, that was the worst part of that show. You know what? Peacemaker comes out this week, so we have that what? to look forward to. This week? Yeah. December 16th, buckle. No, isn't it? It's January 16th. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it's January. Well, <laughs> you just got me really excited for no reason. I will look it up. Okay. You, I think I, you're right now that I think about it. I'm mostly, I'm like 90% sure it's January 16th. You're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Gee, yeah, January. This says January 13th. <sighs> oh, okay. Well, we well you know what? Peacemaker then. comes out next month. So <laughs> we got Boba Fett the end of the month. Boba Fett. Yep. Uh, uh, Spider Man yeah. this next week. Boba Fett. But yeah think uh oh we, we should give our ratings on the two episodes i already did holden if you were paying okay. attention yeah 7.26 um, i might even i might even give for me i might give three and eight i had a lot of fun with that action scene um i forgot to mention i loved the the uh the arrow that grew really big i thought that was really fun <laughs> yeah with the pim particles i was like oh that's that's pretty good um but then yeah the other one i'll give like a six and a half episode four six and a half we'll see maybe they'll bring it together unfortunately most of the marvel series actually all of the marvel series like the weakest episode has been the last one so we'll see if that stands true for hawkeye yeah so it's <laughs> can't wait for that to be the weakest one of the show uh, that's two weeks away, though, Holden. We got yeah. the penultimate episode next week, if when I remember gonna to watch when it. When they're going to finally introduce Kingpin, hopefully. We'll see. All right, what what are we, Belfast time? Belfast. All right, Belfast time. So, um, yeah, Belfast was kind of a surprise this week um, on Tuesday Jimmy just texted me and said hey Belfast is is leaving we need to go see it at discount night on Tuesday night 
And so we went, even though it's still in theaters. <laughs> did, yeah, I no, check. <laughs> no, no, okay, yeah. So, no, I saw, I went to the movie last, yeah, I went to West Side Story last night, and Belfast was still showing. But I swear to you that there were no showtimes scheduled after Wednesday last week. Well, that's okay. So they okay. must have changed it. No, okay, so at least the way the theaters work around here is I'm pretty sure, mo- unless it's a premiere, the show times for the next week do not show up until Wednesday. Oh, so well. it it probably didn't show anything aside from like West Side Story and maybe something else, whatever else came out this week. Fine. Well, we still <laughs> got a discount night. So. Yeah, we still went discount night. It is a movie that, as Jimmy said before, is is a front runner for the Oscars. It seems to be a, a favorite among some of the critics. Um, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, hot off of Artemis Fowl from last year. <laughs> which we were like, we hope this movie wins Best Picture simply because he will have gone from Artemis Fowl to the to winner best of Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a uh, film. It's a, a coming-of-age story about a boy growing up in Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland. And it's during... Is it the 60s? Late 50s, early 60s. Okay. Like, I do not know anything about Irish history. Yeah, no. Okay, so it is, it's during that period of time that was like, it was very, it was. Catholics it, versus Protestants. Like, yeah, Catholics versus Protestants, lots of uprisings in the, in the nation. A lot of people know about this. I know uh, my roommate actually knows a lot about this history, but I personally do not, aside from what we witnessed in this movie. From what I understand, I think it was like Catholics versus, it wasn't really Catholics versus Protestants. There was more going on there. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not going to speak to it. Ask your friends who are English majors and they've taken like an Irish literature class or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why my roommate knows about it. (laughs) But yeah, Um, so an interesting setting for a coming of age story. It's all in black and white. What do you think of this movie, Jimmy? It's a very good movie, Holden. It's uh, you know what I what is he about eight years old in this movie? Yeah, probably eight, nine, something like that. His name's seven or eight. Buddy, right? Yeah, I think so. Buddy, buddy. Um, it's just it's a little bit of a slice of life. It's of this kind of neighborhood where it's kind of this. You know, it's thing. It's things are getting uh, heated between mm-hmm. these two factions, and you're you're on one side or you're on the other, or you're in the middle. You really don't want this conflict to happen, but you're being pressured into it and being mm-hmm. coerced into it, and your family is being targeted if you are not. It's like it, you are either with us or against us, sort of mentality. Yeah. Um. So that that puts this uh, family that kind of i guess is supposed to maybe represent kenneth Branagh's family in a in a hard position of trying to you know be neighborly but also protect their family uh yeah. and and like it's just you know from the perspective of a little kid trying to understand like how the world works it's it's great i mean it's got the it's the classic like dramedy you know where you got the mm-hmm. The, the drama of all that and that backdrop but then you have just like kids just trying to understand things and just the way they explain things is silly or with the way their grandparents explain things to them makes yeah it funny and just it is just the playful nature of it is just 
it's just delightful at times it's you know melancholy at other times it's very much that formula of it just feels very authentic and you just really kind of get engrossed into this neighborhood for two hours or an hour 45 yeah I think this movie has a great sense of like a great control over tone because like this movie starts out and there's there's a particular sequence at the beginning that's it's filmed really interestingly um but it's like horrifying what's happening it's it's so stressful and like it it is so even though we haven't been with these characters for hardly any time at all we we're like scared for them because it just feels like chaos and then it like later on in the movie it's just like quiet and funny and uh, we're both like me and you are both laughing in the theater and then later on it can get quite horrific again it's it's like there's a lot of tonal shifts but it works really well and just like the the ideas of you know what is home and should we stay here or should we go like what Mm -hmm. what is better for us to stay or to go and the ramifications of that on everyone involved and it is it it, that question is kind of like the central question of the movie is should we stay in belfast to raise our kids here or should we go somewhere else and it's kind of i mean it takes kind of i would say it's pretty impartial yeah i think i don't don't think it takes a side and um it's it's yeah i mean yeah it's a conflict that I mean families go through and any sort of conflict anything like I mean not just like Belfast but anytime there's any sort of uprisings or terrible things happening in one city or country it's it is a it's a conflict a lot of people have gone through very interesting to see it play out on screen yeah I mean it's just like these humans it's just a very human story this family's caught in the mix of this conflict and they have to sacrifice to stay or sacrifice to go and kids trying to wrap their minds around that while the adults are trying to maintain their sanity (laughs) yeah exactly um and uh i think the the standout character for me though is is mance (laughs) raider yeah (laughs) the guy who plays the mance raider uh the king beyond the wall both Uh, both of the grandparents were pretty great and i were and I, they were both funny individually, but like their chemistry together, it was like the perfect just old couple that's been together forever. And they, you know, they bicker and, and everything and tease, but they both very much still love each other. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Siaran Hins. I, Siaran Hins. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I've, no, I've never known how to pronounce his name. And then um, Judy Dench is the grandmother. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was Judy Dench. Really? <laughs> I didn't recognize her without all the cat makeup. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, they're both uh, they're both great. The kid is also yeah fantastic. Jude, Jude Hill. Jude Hill. Yeah, he's he was great, and I from what I understand, this is his first on screen performance. Um, but it was, I mean. It, it didn't feel like acting. It just felt like he was this kid. I mean, it, and this is a kudos to him. It felt like a kid that really just didn't know, understand what was happening and was kind of wide-eyed, naive for a lot of it. Yeah, I, I just think it was a very well-done movie. I 
I don't know. Some people might find it boring. Um, I think it, I'm trying to think of something to compare it to. Hmm. Uh, I, I can't think of anything. What would you compare this movie to Holden? I don't know. It's, um, I'm just saying this cause odds are listeners have not seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I guess think of any, any kind of, I, we keep saying slice of life, but think of any of those types of movies where like, just there's not much it's like a family interacting and it's not there's not much of a plot it's kind of like that but just set in like a war-torn kind of backdrop backdrop it's like roma only it's not boring (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen roma so that's Uh, jimmy speaking for himself (laughs) very good movie bored out of my mind uh late 60s too by the way to correct ourselves late 60s um yeah, I really like this. I don't know how much more we want to go into it. Uh, just because, one, we saw it six, five days ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got to talk about the soundtrack, though. Soundtrack was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, Van Morrison did the soundtrack, which is very... It, it just was not expecting it. <laughs> very interesting choice. But, I mean, he did a great job. Um, I wonder I wonder if he'll win a, um, an Oscar for that. But yeah. Anything else you want to say before we uh, we um, uh, give our for the soundtrack, or just for I was just in in general. Uh, Oh yeah, maybe. Sorry, my internet was was jittery, so I think I (laughs) think I missed some of what you said. But um, yeah, ratings. What do you want to give it? I'm gonna go nine. I think solid nine out of ten. Um, eight and a half for me. I think, yeah, solid movie. I think there's parts of it where it, it drags a little bit. Um, but I thought it, the third act was the weakest. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. And I think it got a little too too big, maybe too like contrived in the third act. I would say. Yeah, it felt it just it lost a little bit of its realism in the third act for me, mm-hmm. um, but it still landed overall. And I also felt the length a little bit in the third act, even though this movie's not that long. It's hour thirty eight, so yeah, no, it's not too bad. Um, but the, all the standout moments for me were like first act, second act. I would say so. Yeah, yeah nine out of parts, ten. Best parts were just the family stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, um, nine. <laughs> it's got some great moments in there. Uh, nine out of ten, um, and I, I think it would be a very adequate, deserving winner of a best picture if it were to win. Yeah, um, me too. Long time before that happens, though. So Holden, let's let's dive into a few spoilers before we move on to West Side Story. All right. Yeah, uh what's the big twist I can I can spoil? Um Mance Raider dies. Yeah, Grandpa dies. Executed um, by Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and that was that was pretty heartbreaking because as you said he is one of the most entertaining characters. I okay. What I will say though is this movie I was fully ex- there were so many times I was fully expecting other characters to die and they just did not. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, it, I was a little surprised that there was not more of uh, the family being targeted for not giving into the Protestant mob or whatever you want to call them. I mean, from the almost from the get go, I thought the dead the dad was dead. Like I, because he's a character who he constantly goes away for work. So I figured, okay, he could have some sort of accident or something and at work and just never come back. Or he has the conflict with the other people in the neighborhood who keep wanting to recruit him for his cause and they keep threatening him. So he could have died that way too. I was, I thought that character was dead. <laughs> and I honestly, I was pleasantly surprised that he didn't. Yeah. Way to go. Kenneth Branagh's dad for not dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's based on him or not. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, I, my, my favorite part was just his, the school, like him trying to get Catherine or whatever to like him and all that. And just the mm-hmm. school teacher lines him up from lowest grades, the best grades on their math quizzes and all that. And the, yeah, the, we get it. You're a teacher, Jimmy. That's, yeah, that's how I do it. <laughs> Stupid kids go in the back. Smart kids come up front. Here's your <laughs> scores. Read them aloud to everybody. Um, and uh, the the scene where Pop, I think, is what they meant. Raiders character's name. Oh yeah, Pop. Uh, he's teaching him math, and he's like, "You just make your twos look like a, a set, or you make your uh, ones look like a seven <laughs> or a fancy two, and then maybe she'll give you the benefit of the doubt." And then that pays off later because the, yeah. there's a line where the, <laughs> the teacher says, uh, "Could work a little bit on your penmanship, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt." Yeah. I'm like, um, but just like the whole little relationship that they have and is it's cute. And it honestly, it, it, it made me feel a little warm inside. Cause I mean, at least the whole like math thing, that's similar to my relationship with my grandpa, because we, I remember him teaching me long division. Like Aww. I'm pretty sure he sat down one day and just taught me how to multiply before I needed to for school. I remember it was a difficult process, yeah. but. Yeah, 2019. Seems so long ago, huh, Holden? <laughs> um, uh, I also... Just his relationship with his wife, too. The just very... Judy Dench. Just a very cute, adorable old couple. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, um, they were great. And uh, I thought... Um, the the mom was great too. I, yeah. I, 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 I You were like, who, what else is she in? I have not seen her in, in anything... Kate Katriona? Yeah, I Bal- don't know how to Balfi. pronounce her name. Yikes. But yeah, she's the star of Outlander. So <laughs> which I've only I only know because I've my mom has watched some of it. Um I swear I don't watch Outlander. Sure. But, well then. <laughs> but yeah, uh she yeah, she was fantastic. I think she probably had the best act like performance. I, I like I think I enjoyed the kid and like uh, the grandpa more, but I think in terms of like dramatic presence and everything, she probably had the best performance. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought everybody was great. Really. I, th- I didn't think yeah. anybody was bad. No, um, but uh, I lo- I got to talk about the scene where the ministers talking about there are two roads. <laughs> One is a narrow path. Evan, the others, and he's like, I don't remember which road to take. <laughs> that was really good. And he just runs good road, bad road. And the <laughs> minister's just sweating so much. 
Yeah, that was one of the funniest parts of the movie. And then he calms down and is like, now, and now your money. <laughs> yes. Now pass the offering plate, please. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just like the, all the little humor of it. And, and I thought it was very sweet at the end how he, was, he dedicated the movie to everybody. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we were all part of this thing and we all tried to make the best decisions for us. And there really was not a right decision to be made. Mm-hmm. When you're, if you were caught in the middle of this, just like, uh, I mean, apparently his family was, um, and I think it was just like a, a te- like a just a testament to everybody who endured that process, and just thankful that I for, I guess it's over, and mm-hmm. they endured and they built a better future. From what I am assuming, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't know anything about Belfast. Yeah, it's, I I don't, this isn't anything against the movie, but it is, it's not, like, the best history lesson. It's more of, like, it's it's good at, like, capturing the emotions of that time, but it doesn't, I, like, I still don't have a ton of context for the conflict. And it it does have clips of, there's the Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that guy's name is, because I know (laughs) nothing about the United Kingdom history. Yeah. Um, so so it's not it's not just like a historical like epic or something about that time period no um but also I, like I said doesn't have to be um what else I I did want to I mentioned I kind of hinted at it earlier but that scene at the beginning where it like the riot starts and it's kind of like it's circling around buddy's face mm-hmm that I, I thought that was really cool. It was yeah. very unique, and it was tense because, like, it, it rotated around a few times, and each time you're kind of like, well, how close are they now? Like, how much more of a danger are they when it pans back and you can see the 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 crowd coming? And so... My gripe with that sequence is that it was just so utopian at the beginning that I was like, this is not real. <laughs> Everybody was just having such a good time, and there were like a million people in the street playing and i'm like this is not this does not seem realistic it might i mean it might be how ireland i don't know how ireland was around then but maybe everyone really did just play out in the street and be friendly except for when they were killing each other yeah killing each other throwing (laughs) potatoes i don't know what do they do over there um yeah i think that's all i gotta say we can keep it moving holding we still got west side story to talk about yep yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk about Steven Spielberg happy singing dance time in New York. West Side Story. All right. West Side Story. Um, obviously, very very famous. One of the most famous musicals out there. Um, previously adapted in the 60s into a very well-beloved film. Um, It is a musical by Stephen Sondheim, who just recently passed away, like a few weeks ago, actually. Yeah, right Um, before the movie premiered. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Steven Spielberg wanted to take a crack at it. He's never done a musical before, and so this is one of those those genres. He's like, I should do one of these before I retire or croak or whatever. (laughs) Um... So he decided to make <laughs> he decided to make West Side Story. Um, he he said he was like 
that was he was always planning on making musicals like he just like that he oh, thought really? that was like how he would start and it just okay didn't work out that way and he said he actually was working on something he was writing something similar to la la land oh okay and that he just he hadn't made it yet and then la la land came out and he's like oh that was better than mine was gonna be <laughs> so, <laughs> he's like so he's like west side story was always his favorite nice and, um, well yeah that's cool um i loved this movie yeah yeah this um i feel like you're you're different because based on what, you, what your face is this is yeah. my favorite movie of the year okay 100 percent. what was about it, you um i liked this movie <laughs> i thought it was very technically well done but I, so it was it was so emily and i went to see this and mm-hmm. She was like, she didn't, she wasn't like super excited to go to it. I'm like, I think this is going to be a really memorable experience going to this movie. So my expectations were super high. Like, I'll say this from a technical standpoint, this movie was not disappointing at all. It was incredibly well done from like an experience standpoint. I did not have the experience I anticipated having. Mm-hmm. going to west side story is what i would say okay. um yeah no i would just go into explain what what connected for you holden well okay so i don't i don't know what it is about musicals but so for me they're either like really boring and i just do not care or i'm like really into them and i've like i've seen the 60s movie before I can't remember if I've actually seen a stage production of this at all. So I, I like I knew the story and everything going in a lot of the music, but I don't. This movie I was just like wrapped up in in obviously the technical visual flair. I thought the performances were great. The music. I mean, it's hard to complain about the music and and script and everything because it is a, it's a time tested thing. It's uh from what I. From what I understand from people more familiar with the musical, it is very faithful to, like, the original stage play. So, um, like, I and I think all of that is, is very, very good. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know if I can pinpoint exactly what it is that's super connected with me, other than I just thought it was a, like, fantastic movie and I had a ton of fun with it. I think had I seen this when that first trailer came out, that made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would have hit me then. But I sense it was like Spielberg's like big, not return to form, but just capturing the magic again of that Spielberg magic that we just haven't seen in a couple decades. Um, Because like I said, I really connected with that, that first main trailer that they had brought out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once I had like, okay, this is what it is, then I didn't have the novelty of that idea experienced when I was going to the movie itself. So, see, I felt this really for me really did capture like great Steven Spielberg magic, and I I've gone so far as to say I think this is his best movie since Saving Private Ryan. I'm trying to think of what he uh, maybe. Uh, the post i don't know 
what else has he made in between? I feel like, okay, even if I, I haven't seen the post, but even if I've seen it and I liked it, I feel like I just would not be able to like it as much as this. No, no. The post is not going to like sweep you away with Spielberg magic. It's, it's just a technically well-made drama. It's better than Minority Report. <laughs> Quote me on that Minority Report fans. I, I agree with that. Better than Minority <laughs> Report. Um, I haven't seen Munich. It's probably better than that. I would like to see Munich. Um, yeah, I just, I was kind of like going through his filmography and what I was about like, yep. Catch I think me if you can. I have not I have seen. seen that. I really like that, but I think I like this more. Okay. I, I thought as an adaptation, it was very well done. My gripes are with the actual story and just how it is literally just Romeo and Juliet and how, how oh, that yeah that's like the thing <laughs> I know but I just thought it did like I thought that it was just ext- so predictable that I just was like I just okay are we gonna get to this moment yet um I yeah I understand that but I just it was like tiresome when it was like okay this is just frustrating now because I don't know I I that's just more of a I that it was nothing with the actual adaptation of the musical it was with the actual musical itself that I have the problems with okay fair enough um yeah I I like the story I think the um I mean I think the the themes of like social like divide and racism and everything are still you know fairly prominent i think there's a reason why this musical has stayed so relevant over time and like in the fact that you are able to bring it back after it was made in like the 50s or whatever and basically just not change anything about it but yet it still feels like relevant and everything i think that just for me goes to show how well written and everything this musical is there were a couple of scenes that I really did like. I'm not trying to be like Scrooge McDuck over here, okay? Uh, I did. I liked. I did enjoy watching this movie, and I did like it. I don't want to come off as like harsh. I thought it was that, like you said, the performances are excellent. Yeah. I see. I'm disappointed. I figured you were going to come into this loving it as much as I did. I was I was like really hoping to feed off. Well, of that I was energy. the one that I was the one super hyped about it. Yeah, you're um, like, oh, here's the West Side Story trailer. You're gonna cry again, Jimmy. Yeah, every single time we saw that trailer in theaters, I would just turn to Jimmy and he'd <laughs> just kind of laugh. Um, yeah, the music is all very good. Um, obviously, there's a few standout songs that are way more well-known than some of the others, but I think on the whole, the music is, is pretty good, pretty catchy. Um, and those musical sequences that they, obviously the songs take place in are very w- well choreographed. Actually, like it incredibly well choreographed. I thought the, the dancing and everything was very impressive. The camera work during those scenes was great. It was great at keeping everything in in shot and stuff yeah i don't know yeah i think um i don't know i maybe it was just a a need to watch it a different time and gain more i guess i don't know what were you gonna say what what did emily think she liked it more than i did i think nice um 
I uh, no, I did enjoy it though. Like I had a good time. It was just disappointing from the fact that I was expecting it to be like a transformative experience, which is probably unfair to put on the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was like I still liked it. Um, uh, uh, I like I said, performances all good. Did you think there was like a, a performance that stood out to you above the rest? Um. Okay, so honestly. Maria and her like brother and his fiance were all like so good Mm -hmm. I thought they were I thought they were all the best parts honestly I uh, Maria played by newcomer this is her first movie I think Rachel Zegler I think that's how you say or something like that I apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly um but she was like she was found through an open casting call that Steven Spielberg put out, which is cool. And I think she was at, like, she had previously recorded st- like some of the co- covers for the music on this um, musical soundtrack. Um, but she's going to be in the new Shazam and she's going to be in the new Snow White and everything. She's, she's already wow. making the rounds. She's, she's becoming big, but I thought they were, all three of those were really good. Ansel Elgort was a bit more mixed. Well, um, it was funny because when you said Tom Holland's going to be in that next musical, I instantly thought, man, I would have really liked to have seen Tom Holland play Tony. Yeah, he would have been would, great. I think he would have been really good <laughs> and not <Yeah>. canceled. <laughs> is it, I think, <laughs> is Ansel Elgort canceled? I don't know. There, it, it, there's some yeah questionable things I think I've seen about him. I don't know what's, what's true and what's not, I guess. But um, yeah, he... <laughs> I think in terms of dancing, he was fantastic. There's that one scene where he gets to show off a lot of his dancing and physical prowess, and I think that was great. I think his performance towards the end of the movie gets a lot better. I, I don't, I, I, I can't really pinpoint a specific point like where it gets better, but it almost seemed like it was, it just was a vast improvement over earlier because kind of early in the movie, it's. It's just kind of whatever. Like he's, I his performance is fine. His singing is okay, but his singing is not as good as the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I, I, well, kind of like Ryan Gosling in La La Land, I guess. In terms of singing, he's just not quite to where the other the other cast members are. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know. Overall, the cast was fantastic. Oh, and uh, Riff. Riff was also very good. Yeah, I, honestly, Mike I like all of the... Faced. And Rita Moreno as Valentina coming back. I thought that was cool that they had brought her back to be have a somewhat a, la- a larger role than I thought she was going to have. I yeah. have never seen an actual production of West Side Story, I should say. I know, the, the, I know a lot of the music. I've just never actually seen the story. Mm-hmm. So I should yeah. clarify that. I I liked this movie more than the old one and it kind of seemed people seem split 50-50 on that but the fact that that's not really a, like a hot take I think that goes to show the talent in this movie like it's not like there's, <laughs> it's not like the musical fandom is is warring over which one is better it's just kind of like both side like both opinions are appreciative of the other one they th- they still think the other version is very good yeah um i'm trying to think of just other things to talk about because non-spoiler wise 
Um, I think the sets are really good yeah. too. Um, I I loved how the streets looked. Like the they didn't look completely real, but I kind of liked that because it kind of made it. It wasn't like it wasn't like bad CG or anything. It kind of just made it feel more like a musical with a higher budget on the screen. Yeah. Um, this movie feels like a movie that was made in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I I can get behind that. And the sets on the, all the interiors and everything, fantastic. Great set and prop design. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie. It's, mm-hmm. The cinematography is exceptional. I would say it's the best-looking movie I've seen this year. I'm trying to think of what would be. I mean, Dune. <laughs> yeah, Dune's very good. I would say this is better-looking than Dune, but I, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I could see the other side. Yeah, I think I, I might agree with that. I mean, I liked this. I liked this more than Dune personally. Um, not that I don't like Dune. I like Dune more. That's fair. Are you Team Dune or Team West Side Story? Duke it out. <laughs> Let's. We're gonna we're gonna meet in a salt mill or whatever you call it, salt warehouse, and we're gonna fight it out. <laughs> I'm gonna bring a big chain. I'm gonna smack Holden with it. I am glad that Timothy Chalamet was not Tony. <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Why are you guys get, always it, like fighting and stuff? Don't fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Very good. I think we can get into we can give yeah. our ratings and then get into spoilers. I'm gonna say eight out of ten. I'm going ten out of ten. All right. <laughs> This is my favorite movie of the year, and I really don't. Aside from, I mean, I don't think Ansel Elgort was bad. I think he was just like serviceable for part of it. So I don't. I, that doesn't really take anything away. And then, as I said, I think he gets better. So ten out of go. ten. All right, sweet. Well, then let's let's talk about the spoilers for West Side Story. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really good that I, I kind of caught myself because when you were comparing it to Romeo and Juliet, I was about to say, well, you know, Maria doesn't die. I was going to say there's one difference, <laughs> <laughs> which I actually did. I, I went through this whole movie and I could not remember. So it was honestly kind of a surprise. I knew like Tony died, but I could not remember if Maria died or not. And I was like, oh, I feel like it could go either way. But. Yeah, she ends. She, that is the big difference between Romeo and Juliet and West Side Story. Um, Not yeah, the fact that one takes place, you know, in New York City. <laughs> yeah, <with> gangs. That's <laughs> in terms of story difference. structure, that's the big difference. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, so Tony dies, um, and I, that's that was the point where I thought Ansel Elgort. Elgort shined the most was like once he figured out, like once he thought Maria was dead. Like I thought his perform like his yeah. performance then was great, um, and even leading up to that a little bit, it was it was better. But um, I personally maybe my do- maybe my actual qualms are with Romeo and Juliet. Maybe that <laughs> hack Shakespeare, his frustrating dramatic irony. Yeah, I uh, give me a break. As I'm 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 a very vocal not a very vocally not a fan of shakespeare but i don't know he's an anti-thespian enjoy i'm an anti-thespian holden is (laughs) anti-thespian 
Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, what can we say about this movie? I'm going to talk about the scenes that I really liked. I thought okay. the two... My favorite scenes were uh, the f- balcony scene where they mm-hmm. first sing the Tonight song, which is my favorite song. And sure. I liked the police station song a lot. I thought that oh, was a lot yeah. of fun. Well, the police station, like, the song was, it wasn't one of my favorite songs, but the the dancing and, and use of the environment was the, so yeah. good in that scene. It wasn't one of my favorite songs either, but it was just my favorite one of my favorite sequences. And I also yeah. like just the part in the gym too, where they're all dancing and yeah. Yeah. That one's good. America. Um, America. Yeah. That's probably my favorite song in the musical. Um, but all of those sequences are just, I keep saying they're so well choreographed. I don't, I don't, I don't know dancing terms, so I can't, I can't go much deeper than that, but it, it is just, everyone is clearly so talented at dance. They got like actual dancers instead of just like name actors that you may recognize it. Like every, everyone has so much talent and everything is so grand too. Like a lot of these numbers just have so many people involved in the dancing. Yeah. It's very awesome. The The way they used the dresses was really visually pleasing. Yeah. 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 Dresses were great. Um, uh, other sequence. I didn't, I don't know. The opening stuff. It at, at times it felt like overly musical to me, which is just maybe a personal thing. I was like, okay, this is a little too much for my taste. Yeah, I mean, I can see that complaint because, as I said, it's very faithful to the original material, but this has the classic musical thing of having, like, musical numbers just, like, that don't really push the the plot or anything. Like, there's a lot of these numbers that are just kind of like, like the, the police station one, even though it's a very fun sequence, it's with a bunch of characters that we don't really know. Not, none of them are, like, even major side characters. Um, it's just kind of like a, f- a fun sequence. So like the enjoyment of those scenes are all just about if you enjoy the music and dancing and if you don't find that to be a waste of time. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of the movie took place after the big fight. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I thought it was going to end forgotten. pretty I thought it was going to end pretty quickly after that. Well, I was so I think the music is rearranged a little bit. I don't really, I can't, I didn't do a direct comparison, but I knew that like, I feel pretty, which is another one of the like more well-known songs from the musical. I knew that was like the start of act two. And so it got to the fight and that song still hadn't happened. I'm like, is this, is this the end of the first act? Do I just not remember this musical? (laughs) I, yeah, caught me by surprise too. That tonal shift was jarring to me. I felt like that didn't work to have I feel pretty right after the fight. But I was like, yeah. I don't know if that was a Spielberg thing or if that was the way the actual musical played out. Honestly, I know it's kind of pretentious to do in the, or it seems pretentious to do in the modern day, but if there was like an intermission <laughs> in here, I wouldn't have minded that because I feel like that could have wiped the pal- your palate clean a little bit. So then if you just wanted to get into I feel pretty, then you come back from the intermission, it's like, oh, okay. It just felt weird. Like, two of the main characters just died and now we're singing about oh we're so pretty i mean i get it it's the dramatic 
irony that we know what's happened that they don't mm-hmm. but i just i yeah that was i i thought it was just it felt weird to watch yeah, that scene pacing, knowing yeah. that that stuff had just happened it is yeah i agree um yeah it, i think that was the fight not only that the fight was that early on but i didn't remember that both of those characters died in that fight because I, I knew one did. I couldn't remember which one. But the fact that both did. Yeah, surprising. And I like both, as I said before, I loved both of those characters. Great performances. But, yeah. So I was a little sad to not have them later. But Yeah, they um, were all very good. Anything else you want to say, Holden? I think I've said my piece what did, for West Side what Story. Did, uh, what about that that scene that you liked from the trailer with the gun? The gun? Well, that gave me a little bit PTSD because we played cool in marching band my freshman year in our show. So I was like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
<laughs> my my parents came to town this weekend and we were they were staying at a friend's house who lives in town the lusts the lusts they staying at their their house so i went out there and they watched the movie rubber <laughs> oh i have not seen it i i saw it a while ago it is just a bizarre movie it like the whole mantra for the movie is nothing matters like it, it the whole it's like Nihilism, a meta huh? Well, no, not not that way. It's a meta commentary on just like on things that don't make sense in narratives. And so like anything random that happens in this movie, that's like the point. And so from that, it kind of it kind of I mean, I think it works, but it's also just not the most enjoyable movie to watch. It's kind of funny. Um, for those of you who do not know what this movie is, it is the yeah. synopsis on Google is a car tire comes to life with the power to make people explode and and goes on a murderous rampage through the Californian desert. Yeah. And this isn't it's not like one of those just like straight to DVD awful movies. It's like a movie that was made with the vision. It came out of like 10 years ago and it was I remember it making in the rounds of people talking about it. I don't know. It's probably worth the watch sometime if you ever have time. It's on HBO Max. It is. Yeah, that's what we watched it on. Um, and then I, since I have Paramount Plus, I checked out the documentary Console Wars. Um, How was that? It was. It was okay. Um, so Console Wars, it's a documentary that focuses on the big, uh, like battle between Nintendo and Sega in the early 90s between their Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Um, It really focuses more on the Sega side of things, which is, it's probably the more interesting story since it's kind of an underdog. Nintendo was already established at that point, but it kind of makes it feel a little one-sided. And it, my biggest gripe with it, and I just kind of came to terms with this, is I hate, it has like the, like generic documentary soundtrack like I feel like if you think of a generic documentary soundtrack, you're thinking of exactly what was in this <laughs> this movie. <laughs> it's just like plucky strings, like music that is very just like boring, but will tell you how to feel at any given point. It it's just I wouldn't be surprised if this is copy and pasted from another, just pl- blatantly plagiarized from another like mid tier documentary. <laughs> <laughs> But supersize it, it, me supersize me um but i mean if you're into like video games and video game history it's certainly interesting i definitely learned things even though i thought i knew the conflict relatively well but yeah, it was all right um and then the other movie i watched was the new <laughs> mortal Kombat animated movie <laughs> which just got added to uh, hbo max and like the previous one it was all right <laughs> This continues to be a franchise, a video game franchise where I have never played a video game, but somehow I have seen every single movie they've made. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I just I think the lore is really funny, and I like the characters. But is um, what is one of the Mortal Kombat's included in the PlayStation Plus collection? Yeah, I think Eleven is. So yeah, so maybe I'll get around to playing that at some point. Um, but then in TV shows, um, I watched all of Hit Monkey on Hulu. I've, what is that one about? I don't. It's think a I've heard okay. That. It's a Marvel series, which I, I think I remember when it was announced, but I didn't like hear anything about it. And the reason I think the reason is because it's like 
I think it was made before the Disney Plus deal went through, and so like they're just kind of brushing it under the rug. But it's an animated series about a monkey that <laughs> that talks to a dead hitman and becomes a hitman himself. And it is very funny. It's very unique. It's very violent. Uh, the dead hitman is played by Jason Sudeikis, and he is the best part of the series. He's, hmm. I mean, Jason Sudeikis is a funny actor, but he has a lot of very funny moments. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think it's going to get a second season because no one knows it's out. But I, uh, I, my dad had watched it and kind of recommended it. I wasn't planning on watching it, even though I'm a Marvel shill. But it is it's very good it doesn't really connect to the mcu though like there's there's a lot of inconsistencies so it's kind of just something you if you want to watch a fun animated weird show but i enjoyed that um started re-watching the fargo tv show because my roommate wanted to watch it so i think we might just start watching that slowly very good um in terms of video games just i've just been finishing up final fantasy i uh i'm almost done with it on hard mode i beat the secret super boss that you can only play th- you can only fight on hard mode i beat the secret super boss that you can only play in hard mode on final fantasy 7 remake integrate i just want to say i beat it on my first try so beat it on my uh, first try <laughs> I Very think go- that uh, is even more of an accomplishment just by a sliver of me uh, beating the uh, Valkyrie Queen on easy mode on the first try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I once I beat the once I beat it on hard mode, then I'll finally get around to playing the the PS5 exclusive expansion. But I think that's only like a few hours long, so. How long is the the game itself? It's probably like 25 hours. Oh man, that's too long for me these days. Uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't get know. around it's, to it in the summer. Yeah, Maybe. it's I mean, if you want to borrow it, I've got the PS5 version, so I'll just hand it over, but um yeah, it's it's very good. I'm I am in love with this. Uh, once once the second game comes out, it is going to be my most anticipated game of the of the year. Well, I'm once it comes out, it won't be your most anticipated because it will be out, Holden. Use your brain. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> when it's announced that it's coming out in 2023, 2024, whenever it finally happens. Finally, Fantasy Seven Part 2 Integrate is coming out. Yeah. Super secret, <laughs> boss. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was... The challenge leading up to the boss was more difficult than the boss it, itself, but... Cool, Holden. Yeah, what about you, Jimmy? What did you do? Uh, Friday was a snow day, Holden, for me. So that meant... Yeah, I'm aware. Time to catch up. It was awful. Time to catch up on the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Not, I have seen them all, but I needed to re-watch one and two because we have No Way Home coming out next week. Mm -hmm. That is coming out next week, not in January. I (laughs) double-checked. And I have not seen... Either one in a long time. I mean, I've Spider-Man, uh, the first Tobey Maguire movie from 2002, has a very special place in my heart because it was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw, and it was my favorite movie ever for like two years of my life. So I have a lot of nostalgia for that. Mm-hmm. And I had like a lot of the Lego sets from that movie, and so that was like 
you know, it's just there's a lot of nostalgia tied to it. Willem Dafoe's performance. Um, so that was really fun to rewatch. I'm something and of then, a scientist myself. <laughs> I'm something of a scientist myself. The hot, the hot. I just remember being terrified when he goes to like get uh, Aunt May and or Aunt May. Um, and like she's like deliver us from. He's like finish it. Finish it. <laughs> the eyes. I was the always kind of scared of the part eyes. where he's. I was scared scared of the part where he's in the burning building disguised as a woman. Yeah, also scared. <laughs> that, that, that part scared me when I was younger. Um, and then I had not seen Spider Man two in at least ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie's great. That yeah, has a lot of good. good, really good stuff in it. The action is good. The effects hold up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got a lot of heart. I definitely teared up <laughs> the scene where uh, Aunt May is like, you know, Henry really needs Spider-Man out there. He's like, she's like hinting that she knows that yeah. Tobey Maguire's yeah, that's a Peter Parker's scene. Spider-Man. And I felt like, am I, the, am I, is it weird that I'm like crying to this? And then I saw <laughs> like, I think like uh, somebody just, it was Jeremy Johns or somebody who just reviewed it. And somebody in the comments, one of the most liked comments was like i always cheer up at that scene where aunt may's like talking to him about spider-man i'm like okay i'm not the only one uh really yeah, good Alf- uh, those- alfred molina's great alfred molina's excellent i still think in in uh hindsight i think toby mcguire is bad uh, <laughs> i know that there's probably a controversial opinion to have but he is the worst part of those movies yeah i okay so Tobey Maguire, like, those movies are enjoyable, but as Spider-Man, he's just not that good. I don't know. He is... I I, I probably dislike Andrew Garfield's more, but that's mostly just because the characterization is so bad. Like, Andrew Garfield's probably a better actor than Tobey Maguire, <laughs> but, like, the characterization in those amazing Spider-Man movies is so just off. Yeah. I don't know, but... Yeah, he's he's no Tom Holland, that's for sure. Um, I still really like. He's did. I still will love watching those movies, and yeah, he yeah. is so awkward in them. He just like every time he talks <laughs> to Mary Jane, I just want to hurl myself out the window. And uh, I like Spider Man being awkward is like a good thing, but it 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 more so seems like Tobey Maguire being awkward than. Than, than Peter Parker being awkward. And speaking at six words per minute to Mary Jane. He is very oh memeable gosh. in those movies, though. He's very. There's a lot of memes made about him in those um, movies. God, that scene where Aunt May's in the hospital and he's talking to Mary Jane and she's like, oh, what does Spider-Man think about me? And he's like, well... I told Spider-Man that when you look into MJ's eyes, it's like you're so, (laughs) you know what you want to be, yet you don't know anything at all. And I'm just like, I just want to bang my head into a wall. I just like, those (laughs) scenes are unbearable. And I just remember being a little kid watching those. I'm like, oh God, can we get back to the action? Um Uh, but yeah, I, I love those. Cannot wait to see Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina back at it. 
Especially oh, yeah. since Willem Dafoe, I guess, is kind of rumored to be the, the main villain. Yeah, well, and he... It, I mean, it, it looks like he's going to be, like, maskless for part of it, which I... I le- we're going to still see the mask, which is great, but I also just like Willem Dafoe's, like, acting, so we get to see more of his actual face. <laughs> Silly uh, face. I watched, a, like, Sony had, like, a villains panel on mm-hmm. youtube i watch that it's just jamie fox just <laughs> crapping all over the fact that he had to be blue in the amazing spider-man <laughs> it's like whoa like what are you excited about with this one he's like well i don't have to be blue this time he's just like he's just talking about how such a that was like such a horrible design choice I'm like <laughs> oh my gosh he's being ruthless um but yeah no it's great i'm excited excited uh otherwise i finally beat god of war 2 Jeez, that was like my mission i had i had like four days before i had to buy another month of playstation now so (laughs) i beat it it was good not my like not my type of game i would not be playing them if it wasn't attached to a franchise that i think gets considerably better so you're gonna Uh, play god of war 3 then i think i'm gonna take a break and then play that right before ragnarok comes out Gotcha. Would be the the plan at this point um but uh it, along those lines uh game game award sale was on so i i picked up death loop for half okay. off so i i i've only played it like 30 minutes i'm very bad very <laughs> bad trying to be stealthy and just not but it, it looks interesting i think i'm gonna enjoy it so nice yeah uh otherwise i think that that is all holden Awesome. Well, um, next week, obviously, we will be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Very, very excited. And Hawkeye Episode 5. And Hawkeye Episode 5. We are equally excited about both of those things. (laughs) Yeah, Spider-Man, it is so hard right now to stay away from, like, there's so many TV promos for this movie. I'm trying not to watch anything else. Because I... I'm not watching any live TV, so it hasn't happened. And I see them pop up on, like, YouTube suggested videos, and I just don't click on them. Well, it's like when I was, like, looking for notes for this, I kept seeing stuff for, like, oh, this happened in this newest TV spot for Spider-Man. And a lot of the the things I am able to avoid, luckily. But, yeah, just a few more days before I don't have to worry about that anymore. Thursday night, Um, baby. We're going on a date. Um, but yeah, uh, so if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, I didn't say any of that last week. I realized after we finished recording, (laughs) I just didn't read that. That's okay, Uh, Holden. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But I think that's it, Jimmy. All right, sweet. We'll talk at you next week. Adios. Adios, pantalones. Way to just step over my last line, Holden. (laughs) Love you.